Hello and welcome back to Box Office Receipts Plus. I'm your host, Tyler Callahan, and for this episode, like I mentioned earlier, is going over how Universal Studios did overall for 2019. So a lot like the first episode of Warner Brothers, I'll be going through the movies, how to do domestic, internationally, uh, compared to their budget, and at the end, offer some thoughts on what they did well, what they didn't do well, and what they can uh, do to do better. So... Let's start off with the first movie, which was Glass, back in January, which was an M. Night Shyamalan movie that wrapped up a surprising trilogy that came together thanks to Split. While the movie was mixed to poorly received, it did not matter as Glass was a big hit. Based off a $20 million budget, obviously not including advertising, Glass made $111 million domestic and $245 million worldwide. Funny enough, even though this was a hit, it was not as much as a hit as Split was, which made $278 million worldwide off a $9 million budget. Which I think shows that if the movie was better and more well received, it could have made closer to 300 million. So, for the first movie of the year, not a bad start for Universal. Next up is a horror movie from Bloomhouse called Happy Death Day to You, which is a sequel to Happy Death Day. Now, this movie was a surprise in that it was not as big as a hit as expected. Based on a budget of 9 million, it made 28 million domestic and 64 million worldwide. So, as long as they did not spend too much on advertising, it should have made a small profit, but obviously, that's not what they expected. I think part of the reason here is that it was not a true horror movie. It was more of a comedy with horror sci-fi elements. So for people who wanted to be scared, this wasn't a movie for you. And just to compare it to the first one, it fell off hard. And just to compare it to the first one, it fell off hard. With the first one making 55 million domestic and 125 million worldwide. So I'm not sure if there will be a third movie for the series. Even though the movie really teased the setup for one just to be a straight up sci-fi flick. Universal's first animated movie is next with the finale to How to Train Your Dragon with How to Train Your Dragon The Hidden World. This is the first movie from DreamWorks Animation after Universal acquired them and it did well. The movie did 116 million domestic and 522 million worldwide on a budget of 129 million. Overall for the franchise it did good considering the wait between the second and the third movie was almost 5 years which usually is a bit too long for a wait between movies. Yes, it did come in as the lowest grossing domestically but not by much with the first making 177 million domestic and coming in second worldwide between the second movie in first place and the first movie in third place. So this was a solid hit for both DreamWorks and Universal, which turns out is really needed, and we'll get to that later. Heading into spring, we got Jordan Peele's new movie, Us. Coming off the huge success of Get Out, Us performed actually just as well. The movie made 175 million domestic and 256 million worldwide. Compare this to Get Out, and it is shockingly almost the same. And Get Out made 179 million domestic and 255 million worldwide. Also, I think we need, still need another movie to make sure, but it is looking like Jordan Peele is becoming one of those name brand directors. These are directors where people look forward to a movie just hearing the director making it. Right now, I would put Nolan and Tarantino in that category, for example. So the fact that Universal may have a director like that at their studio is only a good thing. Also, Us was only made on a $20 million budget, so huge profit here. Now we finally got to a movie that was not a moderate or huge success with little. The movie did 40 million domestic and 48 million worldwide on a 20 million dollar budget. It was not released in a lot of countries internationally as far as I know. So for a movie like this, it really depends on the marketing and budget. If it was not much, then it'll make a small profit off of home media, TV, and streaming rights. We got a family movie with a dog's journey next, which is your standard movie about a dog. And it did alright with 22 million domestic and 67 million worldwide. For this one, I was not able to find the budget, but it really should have been 15 million or less, in which case, Seems to be a moderate profit for Universal. Not much else to say here, so let's move on. 
Next up is another horror movie from Bloomhouse, and unlike Happy Death Day to you, this one was a lot better with Ma. On a $5 million budget, Ma made $45 million domestic and $61 million worldwide. So, on paper, between the budgets and the amount made, the difference between Ma and Happy Death Day is very, very small, but the one difference is the domestic gross. Studios get a bigger share of the domestic gross versus international, so having $45 million compared to $28 million is a sizable difference. Overall, this is a standard Bloomhouse picture, cheap budget, and makes a healthy profit. Not much else there. Okay, so now we get to a movie I wanted to talk about for Universal, and that is The Secret Life of Pets 2. Up until now, Illumination has had a crazy amount of success with their movies. Headline by the Despicable Me franchise, and we now have their worst performing movie since 2012. So what are the numbers? So what are the numbers? Well, as of now, The Secret Life of Pets 2 has made $158 million domestic and $434 million worldwide off an $80 million budget. Now, we don't know the actual number, but it's safe to assume that Universal spent a lot of money marketing this movie because it was one of their main tentpool movies this summer, along with Hobbs and Shaw. So on paper, this seems like a decent profit for the studio. Nothing crazy bad about it at all. That is until you compare it to the first movie, which was a huge breakout hit. Back in 2016, the first one made $368 million domestic and $875 million worldwide. Yeah, compared to the first one, the second fell off a cliff Hard. The first one was so big, it was the highest grossing movie domestically for Illumination, ever. I just mentioned that this was the worst performer since 2012, and it is, which was back then was an Illumi uh, adaptation of Dr. Seuss's Dolores. So what happened here? Honestly, I really don't know. I think what could have happened is the first thing was lightning in the bottom. The reviews for the first was mixed, and it could be possible that while it was big when it came out, the overall reception of the movie has worsened over time. I do know one thing though, and I would love to ask Universal executives, this is that why oh why did this release before toy story 4 like they really only gave it a two-week start head start before toy story 4 came in and took everything really what they should have done is release it in mid to late july and right out the rest of the summer you know a lot of illumination movies actually open up at the end of june early july for that fourth of july boost and then right out the rest of the summer so why was it that this movie needed to come out right before toy story 4 in june now, I'm not saying the schedule change would have fixed everything, but I do think it would have gotten it to 450 million to maybe even half a billion dollars, which would look a lot better. Still a huge drop from the first, but still better than what happened. I will say though, for Universal, it took until June to have their first true disappointment on their hand, and that's commendable, since for Warner Brothers, it was their first movie. Also, just to be clear here, just because it's a big disappointment does not mean they did lose money on it. Again, depends on marketing, but Illumination movies are made pretty cheap. I think this one was, again, around the usual illumination budget of 70, 80 million. So if that's the case, again, besides advertising, it's, they made money off of it, just not as much as they thought they would for anyone. I mean, I thought I thought it was gonna do like 700 mil, but I guess not. The next movie to come out is a movie from Danny Boyle called Yesterday, and has actually been one of the success stories of the summer. On a $26 million budget, it has made 73 million domestic and 153 million worldwide. While that is not a huge profit, it is a nice story to have with an original movie with a modest budget, find success in the summer. The only other success stories being sequels or event films like Avengers. Also, at least domestically, this movie had great word of mouth as the opening weekend for it was 17 million and has liked to 73. So it is a success story for both Danny Boyle and Universal. Now to the big summer blockbuster that the studio had on their plate, and that is the Fast and Furious spinoff Hobbs and Shaw. This is the first spin-off of the Fast and Furious franchise, and features a very charismatic cast of The Rock, Jason Statham, and Idris Elba. Overall, this movie was a success for the studio, and showed spin-offs of one of their main franchises, Can War. The movie made $173 million domestically, and went on to make $760 million worldwide, off of a $200 million budget. 
There's one wrinkle here, and that is the continued decline of the franchise in North America. Fast 8 had a steep decline from Fury 7 and just missed the 200 million mark. Hobbs and Shaw has continued that trend. So it will be real curious to see if Fast 9 can improve the franchise here or will continue to be more relying on the international numbers and audience. To end the summer, Universal had a good comedy with The Good Boys. The surprisingly well-received movie did well at the box office with 83 million domestic and 110 million worldwide overall, off a reported $20 million budget. Not much else to say here, but this shows the idea of a smaller budget movie can work just as well as some of the other movies, at least for this summer. I'd like to point out, Good Boys did better domestically than Men in Black International and X-Men Dark Phoenix. Some of the supposed blockbusters of the summer that failed tremendously. Uh, here you have a raunchy comedy uh, on a good budget produced by you know Seth Rogen and stuff. And uh, yeah, it made more than them. Moving to the fall, Universal had another DreamWorks film with Abdominable. This one seems to have been a small to moderate success for the studio. Really depends on how much they spent on advertising for it. On a reported $75 million budget for the movie, it made $60 million domestic and $184 million worldwide. Which, while it's not bad, it is not great. And a stark drop from How to Train Your Dragon from earlier in the year. But this is understandable as that was a finale to a trilogy while this is a new IP. Based on this performance, I also do not expect to see an Abominable 2 anytime soon. Maybe one of the those Nickelodeon TV shows DreamWorks like to do. Maybe. Maybe they'll do something like that. As for what is next for the animation studio over there, we got Trolls World Tour coming out in a few months, so we'll see how that does. The next one is a bit of a weird one, but it is an animated movie of the Addams Family. The movie was made and distributed by MGM domestically. However, Universal bought the rights for the movie International Release, and it's enough to talk about it. The movie was made really cheap at $24 million and made $97 million domestic and $103 million internationally for a worldwide total of $200 million. So for Universal, we do not know how much the international rights and marketing cost, but $100 million minus the theater's cut does not seem that bad. And the sequel has already been announced for 2021, so maybe they will be back to buy the international rights again for that movie, most likely at a higher cost. Heading into the holiday season, Universal distributed a rom-com called Last Christmas. This one looked to be more of a clear-cut profit, not just a big one. Coming in at $30 million for the budget, the movie made $35 million domestically, and 121 million worldwide. There's not much else to say here. It was a small movie, did well, and the studio got a decent profit out of it. Just wasn't a huge success. Next is a romantic crime slash drama kind of movie with Queen and Slim. This was released right around Thanksgiving and made 43 million domestically and currently a worldwide total of 46 million. As of recording, it's not been released in a lot of countries. However, this is on a budget of 20 million, so at worst, Universal may have taken a small loss loss in the theatrical run, but should have made a profit via DVD and streaming sales and all that. I feel for the heavy topic of police brutality and racism, maybe this movie should have not been released around Thanksgiving. Maybe they were looking for an awards push at the end, but that never came to fruition. Now we got a dark comedy horror mix with Black Christmas from Boomhouse, which did not end up landing anywhere they wanted. On a budget of $5 million, they made $18 million worldwide. This may at one point make a profit, but even with the low Bloomhouse budget, the numbers are terrible, and that was thanks to the terrible reviews gotten. A low budget can only help so much with making a profit. Okay, now we get to get to a good one to talk about. Unlike Warner Brothers, Universal has not had any real big bombs. But we got one here with cats. That's right, everyone knew it would kind of be bad, but no one was prepared for the absolute train wreck this was. From the terrible reviews to the movie getting DLC. That's right, if you did not know, a week after release, theaters got an updated cut of the movie which slightly improved CGI. Not that it helped much with the box office numbers. So the budget for this movie was around 100 million. 
around 95 million and it came in at a worldwide total of 74 million yeah that's right that's bomb that's a that's a pretty big bomb the worldwide total could not even pass the budget let alone the domestic gross and this is also without marketing i think what hurt the movie more besides the fact that it shouldn't have been done in the first place is that while weaker than other years, Star Wars still commanded an audience for being the finale of the Skywalker saga, and Jumanji was still around for cleanup. Again, like Last Jedi, uh, Jumanji did really, really well against Star Wars, and it happened again this year. So between that, Oscar movies, and Frozen 2, uh, still pleasing the animated crowd, Spies in the Skies, also the new animated movie, there was very little of an audience left for Cats. Like, who would be seeing it? You know, family movies, Frozen 2, Spies in the Skies, Star Wars, Jumanji, you want high-class drama movies you have your oscar movies and limited release coming out there's no room for cats speaking of award movies we are at the last movie for universal and released in select theaters at christmas was 1917 we have a world war one movie from sam mendes the movie was reviewed very well thanks in part to the unique style of having it all look like one take while it did not take the big awards home from the oscars it still did win two trophies along with numerous awards from other shows the movie really is the crown jewel for the studio this year because not only was it praised and rewarded, it also made a profit. On a $100 million budget, it has made $148 million domestic and $328 million worldwide. For an Oscar-nominated movie, this is really good. And for disappointments Universal had this year, they should really be proud of this movie. Now that I'm done with the movie rundown, let's look at the results. Like for Warner Brothers, I will be looking at the domestic ranking since it is harder to find a compiled list of worldwide grosses for studios. So. For 2019, Universal came in at 4th place with $1.31 billion. Now at first, that may seem bad, but it's not. 3rd place was Sony with $1.37 billion, a $60 million difference, so it was really close. So what was the difference maker here? If I had to name a movie, it'd be Joker. Even domestically, Joker really over overperformed with $335 million. If that did more like $150 million, in line with way early expectations, then that would put Warner Brothers just a few million dollars above Sony and Universal. And, you know, a couple other movies do a little better, a little worse. Anyone could have been in second place. It really was Joker that pushed Warner Brothers to a clear second spot. And to be honest, if there's anyone that deserves to be in fourth place, though, I feel it's Warner Brothers. With the budgets that they had for some of those movies and how those movies performed, I feel they kind of deserve to be in fourth place. For Universal, the issue was, yes, they didn't have any bombs besides Cats, but they didn't have any huge runaway hits. Most movies made a small to medium-sized profit. And yes, Hobbs and Shaw, and after it finished Secret Life of Pets 2, you know, that movie recovered and did alright. But they had, like, worldwide, no billion-dollar movie at all this year. And again, a lot of movies made, like, oh, 20 million profit, 50 million profit, whatever. Like, there, there wasn't a breakaway hit. So unlike Warner Brothers, which had a budgeting problem, what can Universal do to improve in 2020? Well, first... What they can do is entice more great filmmakers to the studio to make movies there. They have Jordan Peele and Sam Mendes. That's great. But what else? Warner Brothers really does, for the most part, treat the film directors like family. Again, besides how the Zack Snyder thing worked out, even Disney is starting to do that on the Star Wars and Marvel side with uh, uh, John Favreau is a big one there. You know, he goes back from Marvel and Star Wars, you know, uh, Takia Waititi. They're really starting to build a great list. Warner Brothers just added James Gunn. Uh, sorry, not James Gunn, a J.J. Abrams to the studio with his Bad Robot production uh, company. And I say this because looking at the slate of movies for 2019, Universal had comedies, animated movies, action, and drama. So it's not the type of movies they need, it's the quality. Another thing is, it's not an issue now, but they do really need 
a live-action franchise. Paramount has only had Mission Impossible for the past few years, and you can see they have been hurting since losing that and DreamWorks, since losing Marvel Studios and DreamWorks. Warner Brothers has numerous franchises, and I don't think I need to talk about Disney, do I, and the franchises they have? So I don't know what Universal can do here to solve it, but I think going after a famous book series would be best. The games are still too risky, and making a new original IP is even riskier. Animation-wise, they are looking good thanks to having both DreamWorks and Illumination. That was smart. But again, they really do lack in live action. Next year is the end of the Jurassic World movies for now, so by the end of next year, really will just be Fast and Furious as their main franchise. And how much longer can that go on? To recap, Universal had a decent year with most movies, making a small to medium profit. The issue for them was that most movies did not break out and make big money. To solve these issues in the future, I think Universal should focus more on signing more filmmakers to the studio to make movies for them and to develop at least one new live-action franchise, so they are not left relying on Fast and Furious when that stops making money at some point. And that is it for this episode of Box Office Receipts Plus. I'm not sure what the next topic will be, but it'll most likely be a franchise discussion. As always, you can follow me on Instagram at TalCallahanMedia and join the discussion about movies and listen to the regular podcast uploaded once a week. And thank you for listening.